Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everyone. Steve Jones Show. Steve is be with us momentarily probably up at the Bryce Jordan Center uh, getting the air pressure on all the basketballs for tonight's big game with the in the ACC Challenge. Uh, lots going on in sports. Monday night football last night. The Texans a big winner. Um, and we've got uh, high school football Friday night. The only team in the area left uh, to go is the Southern, or the Southern Columbia Tigers. They're going to take on West Catholic. As usual, Southern Columbia is the only one left. Yeah. Gee, familiar thing there, Chris. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, who, who didn't see that coming, right? Right. And uh, they have a Friday night at 7 o'clock game, I think, at uh, Southern Lehigh or Northern Lehigh or one of those Lehigh high school stadiums. Um, we wish the uh, Tigers well. They're one game away from making it to the state finals for about the 16th time. <laughs> In a row? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like anyway, right? Uh, the last time I think they lost a game, um, my 33-year-old daughter was about 12, I think. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Is that an actual thing, or are you exaggerating? No, I'm just exaggerating greatly. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I haven't been in the area that long to know the history of the high school football uh, so much, but uh, that that would be a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, Southern Columbia has been at the top with uh, Coach Jim Roth. Uh, just one team after another. They, as the old saying goes, the old cliche, they uh, just keep um, reloading year after year with uh, great talent, and um, they're ready to go. We've got uh, college basketball starting to hit. Uh, in the swing of the season with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Last night, uh, I believe uh, Boston College won for the ACC, and Nebraska uh, won uh, for the Big Ten. So right now, after two games, it's one and one. Who would have believed, Chris, that Nebraska is basically undefeated in basketball and their football team has a losing record. It's completely backwards. The 10-year-old me, uh, a child of the 80s, would have been shocked by this development. Yeah, uh, so football uh, and basketball has reversed itself at the uh, Cornhusker University. Yes, absolutely. It has Because uh, uh, that, that football team has definitely uh, seen better days. Well, I think they're on the upswing. They had a big uh, victory over uh, Michigan State this year. They brought in a former quarterback uh, for the Huskers as their head coach, who uh, led last uh, year at the University of Central Florida to an undefeated season. So I think the, they've had a lot of instability in the coaching out there. And uh, with uh, Mr. Frost in there, uh, maybe the basketball, t the football team will, ha will uh, get back on and uh, have a basketball team that will be proud of them. Oh, here's, here's the hoping, right? Yeah. So uh, we're waiting for Steve to join us. And um, 
when he does, uh, he'll have lots to talk about. Um, Sunday is College Football Bowl Selection Day. A little after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the uh, Nittany Lions will find out, along with everybody else in college football, where they'll be spending the holiday season. Well, Steve and I were talking yesterday a lot about um, the playoff uh, scenarios that could uh, go down and you know there's of course a, a nightmare scenario where you know Georgia beats up on Alabama and uh, and Oklahoma loses to Texas and then you know what do you do with an undefeated UCF if they win etc what do you think you, you think UCF has a chance of making this playoff run well if uh, the moon and the stars all align in the most bizarre pattern the answer is yes you know you've got to have Northwestern upset Ohio State and as you said, Georgia has to beat Alabama. The only team we know that's really a lock because they're not in any conference championship is uh, the University of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, undefeated. Uh, happy about that. So they're in, but a lot of um, question marks. And frankly, uh, the University of Central Florida in their stadium has a thing on the stadium wall that says National Champions 2017. And so they're... Um, you know, claiming the national title. So um, that's a good thing for them, at least. But uh, I don't think they're going to make it, Chris. So, yeah, sorry, we're, we're, we're having some technical difficulties here in the Sunbury Motor Studios. We're trying to get we're trying to get Steve Jones uh, up on the uh, uh, into the studio here and we're having some technical difficulties. So I do apologize. I didn't hear what you said. Mr. Buner. Uh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to do six things at once. I'm going to pull back the fourth curtain for a second and uh, let people in on. Uh, we're trying to figure some things out here, but you can call in if you want to weigh in on the uh, playoff scenario. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. It's the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Um, so we were talking about the playoff scenario. So uh, I know UCF is damaged by the fact that their starting quarterback has gone down. Right. That, yeah, that pretty wicked their... injury. He had surgery uh, literally within 24 hours after he uh, was tackled pretty hard on the uh, right on the edge of the uh, field, uh, and um, you know he's undefeated as a uh, as a f- football player, 24 and 0. Right. Not no, bad. He's, he's a fantastic player uh, and, and definitely one of the main reasons why they would even be considered. Uh, you know, Steve, he changed my mind. I was all for, like, putting UCF in the number four spot uh, yesterday, and then uh, he uh, he swayed me. He, he had me look at their schedule, and they have no real quality wins to speak no. of, really. And uh, and then now, with even without their quarterback being uh, in the game, it, there's really no reason to watch UCF. I mean, I hate to say that because they are undefeated, and they'll probably beat Memphis this weekend to finish off a nice, perfect regular season. But, you know, are they really – they're going to get steamrolled by any one of the other top three teams. Well, on the other hand um – Last year, they were in a bowl game, and they really throttled Auburn, which is not a bad football team. So do they rise to the occasion? No, absolutely, and that's something that uh, that Steve had brought up yesterday. That you know, a team like Auburn uh, didn't really get up for UCF. Like at that point, they had already kind of lost everything to play for. You know, after losing to Alabama and then not making the you know the the playoff, and then you know, oh yeah, we got to play UCF, and you know, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, okay, whatever. Well, <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the day, a team like Auburn beats UCF, and you look at it and you go, wow. 
they were supposed to beat UCF, so whatever. And if you lose to UCF, you look like garbage. So well, it's yep. a no-win situation for a team like that. Somebody forgot to send the memo to the University of Central Florida exactly. they were supposed to lose. Exactly, exactly. And um, they came to play, obviously, last year. And, you know, it's not their fault they're stuck with the schedule they have. They're in a conference, and they have conference obligations. Of course, they haven't. And, and the problem with college football, in one sense, is... These schedules, Chris, are made up so far in advance that a team like the University of Central Florida doesn't get a chance to, to play a big-time school because I don't think a lot of big-time schools want to play them, no, run the risk. I agree. The risk and the reward. It's a risk versus reward thing that if UCF, who traditionally isn't like a, a top-10 team, you know, if, no. you, if you get lucky that they are the top 10 team, then the reward is great if you do beat them. But if you lose them and they happen to be very lose to them, you ha- they happen to be very good. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a high risk, low reward type of uh, scheduling. And it's really it's it's really a shame. You know, it's why I think the playoff system should go to at least eight teams. I've made the argument that it should go to 16 teams, which is a, a whole different ball of wax altogether. The, the trouble with that, Chris, is be, we'd be playing football through about the end of the Super Bowl weekend would be the end of college football. Right. So I would um I would definitely um start it earlier. Like I would I would make those December bowls the playoff games. I, I would schedule one or two per week and uh have them all over the place. I, I think that would just be a fantastic marketing tool for the NCAA and for these uh bowl games. Well but you've got to remember we were dealing with student athletes and right now at Penn State the student part of the student athlete is coming to the fore because they've got final exams and they do have to study and take exams and write papers and go to class and do all the things that students have to do and these playoffs could just really uh, have a negative impact on that. On the other hand, college basketball doesn't seem to have a problem with that. No, I, well, the, the, the issue there is that I, I'm not a... Um I'm kind of a cynic when it comes to the student-athlete thing. I really don't think that they're a student-slash-athletes. I know that some of these schools are, but I believe that most of the power conference schools are not really genuine student slash athletes you well know i wouldn't saying? be i wouldn't be saying that to the, all those student athletes right now that are writing term papers and studying for finals you know trying to tell them that hey you know um no i think that it's really important that uh because 99 percent of these kids who play college football even at the highest level are not going to be in the nfl they're going to have to have careers in uh areas they went to school for right so that's you know it's a it's a tough one we've got to remember that these are uh, 18 to 22 year old uh, kids really and a long prolonged playoff uh, system can really hurt that uh, you're listening to Steve Jones show right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Waiting for Steve Jones. It's a busy day out in state, uh, out in state college as they are uh, preparing for a big game in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Our phone number here is 1-800-795-9565. You can always reach us at Steve Jones PSU on Twitter, Steve Jones Show on Facebook, and of course we are always in the Sunbury Motors studio. We're gonna come right back after a short break. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh-huh. 
Steve Jones Show. I'm Chris Elio, waiting for Steve Jones to come into the uh, studio. We got Bob Buner with us. Hello. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing faint Steve Jones voice. I'm here. Oh, there he is. There's the man. I've been here for about ten. I've been here about for about last ten minutes. Well, our tie line, so. our tie line froze. <laughs> I, I I pulled back the fourth curtain. Uh, I, I, we know you're on location, yeah. and, and and we we tried to make it happen. But what I did was, what I did was, is I hooked in our remote unit to circumvent it. That way, we could at least be on while the primary connection connects itself. Right. Well, unfortunately, um, that's what I'm doing. Is that, that's what I did. My, my technical <laughs> wizardry. Uh, my the, I, I'm not the Harry Potter of technical uh, wizardry, so I had no idea what was happening here. But we do have Bob Buner with you, so uh, say okay. hi, Bob. Hey, no, Steve. No, I've been I've been listening to Buner. I've been listening to Buner. You guys talking about the playoff? Buner making some uh, comment about guys going to class and things like that. Come on, Bob. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. It's about winning, Bob. It is about winning. Um, I want to win. <laughs> well, somebody's well, got to show up. Okay. I, I, right. I would take the um, it's the championship games this weekend, and I would turn it into playoff games. And that's how I would take care of the first weekend of an 18 playoff. That's how I'd do it. And then have the semifinals still be in uh, either late December or January 1st and the final after that. That way, that's how I would circumvent it. Now, I know Chris wants to get rid of all the bowl games because he thinks nobody watches it. Right. Except, except, except the viewership is phenomenal. Oh, I didn't say get rid. Okay. The attendance is terrible. I didn't say get rid of the, the them. The attendance is terrible. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't say get rid but, of no, them. Don't misunderstand. So, so I would take. I I would take this weekend of the championship games and convert that to quarterfinals, and then have the semifinals be at the natural time. That way, you're not messing with the natural nature of what's going on. Because, for example, finals are coming up here in two weeks. You wanted players to be able to, like all the other students, take their finals on time with no. And football doesn't, unless it's a unless it's a weekday night, like a Friday night game. When Penn State played Friday night at Illinois, that was the first time Penn State football has missed a class since I've been here. Documented. <laughs> That's the first time I missed a class. They never they never miss classes. They never miss classes because their games are on Saturday, and they always leave after classes are over with on Friday. Right. So no, they don't I, miss any class. I get it. I completely get it. It's 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 a matter of sports fan versus um, you know tradition because traditions have gone out the window anyway. They've abandoned a lot of the natural rivalries. They've abandoned a whole bunch of things. So what would be the difference if all of a sudden, you know, the the like I said, the uh, the brute bowl or the sun bowl or whatever became something more relevant than just two six and six teams going at it? That's my argument. That's just been my argument from the beginning. Well, see, that's why I would take this weekend the conference championship games and I would convert that into a quarterfinal round. Well, that's I mean that's not a terrible and have an idea. I can't playoff. At least it's progress, right? Right, 
Now, you'd have to take all the money that the conferences make. For example, the Big Ten gets $25 million for this game on Saturday. $25 million. That's the contract with Fox. You've got to take all the money, group it together, and you've got to be able to split it up four different ways in order to have that quarterfinal round take place. Take the SEC championship money, the Big Ten championship money, the Big 12, Pac-12 championship money, and the ACC championship money. Group that all together and then split it up four ways based on the participants who are in there, or eight ways. Sounds yeah, like I mean, a plan. That's how I'd go about it. I mean, that's the way I'd go about it because, number one, it would not mess with class schedules. It would not mess with final schedules. And it really would not mess with the natural order of college football at the moment by adding another playoff round Christmas time or push everything back a week. I don't think people want the seasons pushed back a week. And I think you do need a break between games at some point because you're asking young people to do a lot with a physical, physical game that, you know, I don't want this being an NFL schedule. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Back back in August, Bob Buner bought an Escape from Sunbury Motors. He loves it. Absolutely. So you think I forgot that stuff, Bob? No, I, you're, uh, you're right on top of your game today, Steve. I better be on top of it tonight. You've got a big one with uh, Virginia Tech coming to the Bryce Jordan. Uh, ninth in the new net rankings. That's the one that the the NCAA tournament committee uses. Uh, seventh in the Sagarin. They're they're five and zero. Oh. They're off to a great start. But Mike Watkins, it's not just a game time decision. I can tell you, Mike Watkins will play tonight. Now, how much Mike Watkins plays? That's another story because Mike Watkins hasn't played since February. So when you've been out that long, nine months. You know, you've got to be careful as to how many minutes you use him and how sharp he happens to be. But it does give them a rebounder and a rim protector that does make a difference in what they're trying to do. Steve, um, does Pat Chambers have a kind of a pre-designated, pre-thought how many minutes he's going to play him tonight? I just I talked to Pat about mm, 45 minutes ago, and he, and I said how all I asked him was how careful do you have to be with Mike's minutes? And he looked at me. He said extremely careful. He said because he's been practicing, so this is so he has been he's been going through everything, but there's always going to be a difference between a practice and a game. And Mike also here's the other part, Bob. Uh, I've talked to Mike a lot in the last 10 days, and Mike is so emotionally ready to play that he has to be careful that he channels it and he channels it in the right direction. You go out there and go, hey, you know, I'm excited to play. And 30 seconds later, well, Mike has two fouls. He'll have to sit down for the rest of the half. Yeah, that that old adrenaline rush of being out on the court for the first time in nine months you know, sometimes the passes get thrown a little too hard or a little too high, and the foul shots go a little too far. So he's, you're right, uh, channeling that energy in a constructive way will be critical, I would imagine, uh, in the first five minutes of tonight's game for him. 
No, yeah, and if, and if he does it and he gets into the flow, it's fine. He's not going to start. John Harrell will start. Uh, then probably the first opportunity Pat has would be the under-16 or if John gets a, gets a foul early. One thing you'll see about Virginia Tech, Kerry Blackshear is a really good player, but they're not a great inside team. They are a team that's a really good outside shooting team. That makes a big difference. But Mike will be a, a rim protector. He will be a rebounder. Whatever they get initially out of him scoring-wise, I perceive to be a bonus. But it also allows Pat to play the game he's wanted to play the entire time instead of going to his third and fourth options if John Harrow gets into foul trouble. Because remember, it's actually your fourth and fifth options. I think people forget, by his own doing, Satchel Pierce is out because he's academically ineligible right now. So that took the third option off the table which meant that they had to take the fourth option, Trent Buttrick, and bump him up to being the second option if John Herrick got into foul trouble. So you went from option four up to option two, and that's not exactly how you wanted to play it, with all due respect to Trent, who, by the way, has really improved his game. And I think the people in Bloomsburg ought to be thrilled about how he's playing. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Bloomsburg's not really known around here as being a producing a lot of... Uh basketball stars, so this is a good thing for the town of Bloomsburg. I mean, now, yeah, it's it's almost like uh, like the wrestling talent turned out in Danville. Oh, wait a minute. Well, now... <laughs> <laughs> that was a suit moment. Yes, it was. Um, suit moment, sir. <laughs> Elio, stop laughing. <laughs> well, the question, Steve, tonight, uh, on the periphery of the actual game... What kind of a crowd will be at the Bryce Jordan for this really big early season game? I think it's going to be a really good student crowd tonight. What kind of town crowd it is is always it's always different, Bob, because it's the middle of the week. It's Tuesday. It's not easy for people to travel. Uh, the weather has been, you know, we've had snow showers here and there, and you know it hasn't been the greatest. I mean, and that's so I always respect that. If this were a weekend game. This were a weekend game, I'd expect about twelve thousand. I wouldn't be surprised to get eight or nine thousand tonight, based on the circumstances and the conditions. How about that? Yeah, and, and uh, parking's still going to be a premium, no matter what, right? Uh, parking's okay because because at least for basketball, you're using the paved lots. Yeah, you know, that's the difference. They don't need to use the uh, the grass lots for basketball, so the paved lots and that will be fine. Uh, no, there'll be no issue there. But it's a great test. You know, Virginia Tech's five and zero, and one of those five wins is over Purdue. I see a team beat Purdue. I automatically get respect for them. No question. Uh, the Boilermakers haven't been bad the last couple of years, um, and and they've got the guy I voted preseason uh, player of the year in Carson Edwards. I think Edwards is a special player. Steve, how well did that Cancun tournament prepare the Nittany Lions for tonight's well, game? That's a good question, Bob. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and the reason it's it's a good question is this. If Watkins had played in Cancun, then I would really sit there and say, you know what? This did exactly what they needed. You know, he got in there, he played. You have a feel now as to what the team looks like with him in there. Uh, Pat has a feel as to what the rotation looks like with him in there. It also would have given Mike two more games to be into game shape for tonight. So that Cancun tournament actually is a mystery 
when it comes to tonight's game because Mike didn't play. So because Mike didn't play, that means that you have to start from scratch as to what your rotation looks like. Now, it gave the younger players more experience. There's no question about that. I thought Myron Jones played his best game so far in the Bradley game. Miles Dredd and Rasir Bolton both still struggled offensively. Bolton was a little bit better than he was uh, in previous games. But I think that that's, you know, so the tournament was a mixed result in terms of how it sets up for tonight. I think it's mixed because you didn't have, if you had Mike, then I would tell you exactly where the team was going into this this game. In fact, I think if they have Mike, they win the game. And uh, the other the other side of the coin is, though, that uh, Virginia Tech hasn't seen him play either. So they've got to prepare with a bit of an unknown factor. Yeah, they, they, they don't know. But you know what? I think for the most part, um, I think for the most part, Bob, they just play their game. They're very guard-oriented. I like Kerry Blackshear as a player, good player inside. I like Ty Outlaw. Um, he hasn't been starting, but Outlaw's, I think, a really good player. But Walker is a top-notch guard. Robinson's really good. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, Buzz has some good has good players. Not only that, but they don't foul you either. Uh, you don't get to the foul line much against them. And he only Buzz only plays seven guys essentially. He really has a seven-man rotation. Um, well, um, you only need five at a time, uh, and yeah. if you don't have a deep bench, you got to go with what you have. Well, and that's why I don't know. I don't know if he has a deep bench or not. <laughs> no one's tell. seen it. <laughs> Nobody's seen it yet. Um, Buzz has seen it in practice. Evidently, he's seen it enough to know he doesn't want to play him. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, um, last night the Big Ten and ACC split one and one. Uh, what other games do we have tonight in the challenge? Duke, Indiana is the big one tonight. Oh, boy. That's after our game. Now, this is going to be interesting because Indiana's here in a week. Indiana plays Penn State in a week here at the Jordan Center. So I want to see how they hold up against Duke. I want to see how Romeo Langford holds up against Duke. Uh, Zion Williamson has been the name in college basketball so far, the Duke freshman. Yes. Romeo Langford is the freshman to watch in the Big Ten. And we'll see how he plays tonight against the Duke freshman and how well he plays. Because obviously he's a great talent. But that is the nine. 9.30 game tonight? Uh, our game's a 7 o'clock game. Now, I believe what we're carrying the game tonight, but we're only we're carrying the game, not the pregame show, because Santa Claus is on tonight. Santa Claus, hey, it's been going on on WKOK since about uh, 1868, I think was the first time. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, did we, what did we decide on last night? 182 no, you, years, Steve? You, you, guys have to, you guys have to come up with the number internally. <laughs> I, I mean, go ask the suit. I mean, he'll be irritated, which makes it worth it. Yes, it does. That, that you at? I'm, I'm, I'm putting out fires. Well, he's, <laughs> he's not here. He's not here. He would have put out this fire while you were uh, having technical issues over there. He would have put that fire out. But see, he wasn't here. Well, he was I, busy doing I, something else. I put it out myself. I hooked the remote unit <laughs> yeah. up. I got on. <laughs> I mean, I can figure things out, right? You know, now I can't do sales, and you know, based on what's happened so far, neither, neither can he. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I were even. <laughs> Jamie just sits in the office, yeah. shakes her head. <laughs> By the way, Steve, uh, 
I don't know if you know it, but Kevin did a sideline uh, television uh, gig for SEC TV uh, over the weekend, and he was getting soaked on the sidelines, and um, he was uh, right on top of his game, uh, such as it is. Did he know who was playing? Uh, He got one of the teams right. See, now that's the kind of progress I've been aching to see. Yeah. All right. That's the kind of progress I've been aching to see. All right. So let's get back to Chris's point about the bowl games. Now, Chris, what would you do with the bowl games? You'd take the Sun Bowl and make it a quarterfinal game? Equip. I'm sorry. I'm no, talking to he's one of your uh, on the. Uh, <laughs> we got a call <laughs> coming in. <laughs> um, would I would take the Sun Bowl and make it what? A quarterfinal game. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't work out all the logistics. I just kind of picked names out of a hat. But like, I would. I know that there's a month full of there's like two weeks worth of bowls at the end of December that I largely don't pay attention to just because. Like, I used to watch them when I was a kid because football was football. I you know, so I didn't care. But now that I'm like older, I only try and you know reserve my time for things that matter. So I would take like the the the. the poinsettia bowl and the the cornucopia bowl and whatever the 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 uh the random bowls that we have and i would take one versus you know if we were going to go to eight so i would take uh you know take the first two teams give them a buy maybe take three versus eight and then four versus you know seven vice versa go on and then break it down into a bracket until you reach the final two weeks like you would arrive at anyway well bob makes a really good point it is still a university and they still have to take classes. And the length of the season, the NFL plays 16 weeks. And they have four preseason games normally. Once a couple teams play five with the Hall of Fame game. But you're looking at a 12-game season. This will be week 13 coming up. I don't want to spread this out to a 16-team playoff where now the winner ends up playing... What, one, two, three, four, four extra games. Now you're at 16. The, the two teams playing in the championship game play an NFL regular season. That's not quite what I want for college football. Okay, so counterpoint, then let's just remove a regular season game from... Like, Can we agree that most SEC teams play the toughest schedule in, in college football, correct? No, like, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Within reason. Within reason. So does play, Alabama... They play a, does they Alabama... Play a, uh, go ahead. Al- sir. They play. They play probably within the top three or four toughest schedules. But I mean, the SEC has been good, not great this year. Okay, fair enough. But does Alabama need to play Mercer, Arkansas, Arkansas State, and Louisiana Lafayette? Like, let's just get rid of one of those games at the top of the year, you know, and, and except, just and just move except, on from there. Except, how much do you hurt the Arkansas State or Mercer athletic department by taking away money? Oh. That they get for playing the game, Come which on. then, which then, which then funds the tennis program, which then funds the soccer program, which then funds, you know, name it. Uh, Penn State gets a home game against Kent State, for example. They play pay out a a number to Kent State, which helps their athletic department. Penn State gets a check as well because they get to keep the ticket sales, the parking, and everything else, which pays for the wrestling program. 
Well, I'm sure there's ways around it because at the end of the day, money is money, and I'm sure that Alabama makes so much money and the NCAA makes so much money that they can figure it out in order to put a better product on the field. Because at the end of the day, the idea of the playoff system was to eliminate the you know, the idea of a disputed champion. We never, ever, ever will say, well, you know, the Patriots had a better record and their schedule was harder, but, you know, the Eagles wound right. up winning that game. Like, nobody ever says that because at the end of the day, they run the gauntlet of actually earning that championship. So if Alabama, you know, it, right now we're at a situation where if Alabama loses and a team like UCF who... You know, me and you spoke about it yesterday. Me and Bob spoke about it today. Nobody wants to play UCF because it's a high-risk, low-reward situation. So why does why don't we make the same argument like Mercer loses out on that money? So does UCF. And UCF actually has a legitimate chance at beating a team like Alabama, maybe, you know, on an outside situation, outside chance. They have a better shot than Mercer. Again, money rules the day. Simple as that. Exactly. Um... And because money rules the day, for example, Penn State last year reported a $5 million in the black, which essentially is a rainy day fund, because they have to fund 31 sports. Right. And they only have two sports that make money, football and men's basketball. They're the only two that make money at Penn State. Men's ice hockey essentially breaks even. That's it. Everybody else, no shot. Right. Not even close to breaking even. Uh, contrary to what people believe, and I know I realize they sit down at Rec Hall and they go to a wrestling match and go, it's all sold out, uh, guys. Okay, not close to making money. Um, so, how do you fund it? Do you drop sports? I mean, that's why the, that's why you have the twelve game schedule. That's why you have a thirty one game schedule in men's basketball because you're trying to make enough money. I mean, Johnny Gallagher at Hartford. University of Hartford men's basketball is traveling all over the place. He is not playing any of his games in Hartford because they're getting guaranteed games left and right. Now, why are they doing that? They're doing that to make sure the men's soccer team can exist, that the women's soccer team can play. Socialism is what rules in college sports. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. So, and socialism, it should. Yep. Socialism, socialism rules in college sports. In other words, the existence of 702 additional student-athletes at Penn State on scholarship happens because of the profits, primarily, obviously, from football, secondarily on the profits made from men's basketball. Right. So if, It's just the, that's the way it is. It's on their backs to do it. So if socialism rules in the NCAA, then why? Like, how come the NCAA basketball can figure it out to get – nobody ever disputes who the true champion is in NCAA basketball, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Even when a 16 seed goes – you know, like last year goes into a second and a third round. Nobody ever disputes that ever because at least they have a chance. In this situation, if you if you uh, allocate these other bowls or create new ones even for a playoff system that will actually generate massive amounts of, of uh, uh, ad revenue, advertising, the whole thing, people will go to those games. Your school will definitely travel if you're UCF, if you're going to a playoff game to play, even though you think you're a lamb going into the lion's then to play Alabama, your team will travel because you made the playoffs. And that is, if socialism rules, that will, will you, rule the day. Will you travel a second weekend if they win? Absolutely. They absolutely would. I wouldn't because I don't care about UCF. But <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying though, that that's not so, don't be so sure about that. Yeah, Steve, it's, uh, it's, when it's you look expensive. at the, the 
stadiums in some of these bowl games, you're so right. There's uh, a lot of uh, fans there disguised as empty seats. You're exactly right. <laughs> See, and the key is, the key is though, why does ESPN own 13 bowl games? Because guess what? It is great programming for them. No, because there's nothing Hours. else going on. What are they going to show? Frisbee football? Like, come on. Well, but it's but, also... But, but they're also winning the ratings yeah. all the time. They That's... win the ratings when they show Volgan. It's, it's not a fair comparison. I think... I mean, you might be right that people are watching it. The ratings may be better. But I think at the end of the day, if you're looking about generating revenue, a, a, a larger playoff system would do a better job and will also make the product better because at the end of the day, when Alabama yeah. wins... My, my, my issue is this. That's a lot to keep looking at young people in an extremely physical game to go out and keep playing it every yeah. week like that beyond you know, beyond what they've been doing. Well, that's and a different they, story. They are, they are professionals. I, that's a different story, and I, I, yeah. I actually so, somewhat agree with you there. All right. We need to take a break. Yep. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Who likes camping out for deals? You don't have to at Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Black Friday sales event going on now through the end of the month at Sunbury Motors Kia. Before you buy, give Kia a try. With bonus cash before you begin your holiday adventures. Before you buy, give Kia a try. With $3,500 off on a 2019 Kia Sorento V6. Before you buy, give Kia a try. With many models to choose from under 20 grand. That's right, driveway in a brand new vehicle for under 20 grand. Including a 2018 Kia Rio for as low as $14,977. Remember, Every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. While you don't have to camp out for these deals, you, you do, do want to hurry because they won't last long at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Tax and tags extra. Offer expires 11 All rebates included. Restrictions apply. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to Kia.com. 